plants. You can uh, listen up real sharp. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. Fuck you! Lick my balls! www.tanktv.com We'll blow you away. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wackerly? How's it going? It's pretty good. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I did. Uh, just fucked around, you know, uh, waiting for the... Um, you know, Olympics to come around and the torch to pass through, and then uh, Charlton Heston died. Yeah, yeah, and those are all the uh, events that happened this weekend. Everything that happened to me. What did you do? Well, you know, I didn't do all that much this weekend. It was kind of, on Friday night, I ended up going and seeing the ministry show and got really, really drunk. Ministry? Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, it's Ministry's farewell tour. And it was actually kind of a mediocre show. Are they one of those honest. bands who keeps doing... You know, farewell tour part three. I'm or, sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to come back again. But I mean, they only played like four old songs, and the rest of it was new. And the, I mean, it was it was entertaining. But I mean, they're known for just you'd go there and it's just like droning wall of sound. Is that was it just well, loud it's like and, chaotic, loud, you know, industrial type of harshness. But I mean, they just the thing is, you don't go see a band's farewell tour to hear four old songs. Right. You want them to play like you know the majority of their set to be yeah, old music, all so. their old songs. But whatever. I mean, it was still an, an entertaining show. But the fact of the matter is I ended up getting completely wasted. And, uh, yeah, so Saturday I was a mess. And then Sunday I actually went and did something industrious. So I've been trying to clean up my apartment. You know, the studio gets a bit cluttered. Sick and wrong studio here. Looks a little cleaner than normal. Looks a little bit better. So I had a couple boxes of CDs I was going to sell back. And I ended up going to uh, Hate Street to go sell back CDs and a big like garbage bag full of clothing. <laughs> Are, are CDs at the point where I should be calling you grandpa for having a bunch of CDs? You know, I, this is my theory. I think in like three years, you're not going to be able to sell back CDs anymore because right. there won't be any CDs. People aren't going to go buy you CDs anymore. Right. And I don't think they're going to have the vinyl resurgence. It's going to be more like tapes. Like yeah. I think they're going to go the way of eight tracks and tapes. It's just like no one read. It's going to be like a medium that's just kind of outmoded. Yeah. And so, yeah, vinyl, I mean, vinyl's fashionable. So that's why people collect vinyl. Like, apparently, I'm not even sure, but it has certain audio qualities that can't be reproduced elsewhere. But CDs are no, just... No, dude, vinyl is noticeably better than uh, CDs and, and I'm not going to have this argument. I don't, don't want to go into okay. it. But anyway, I, I took my CDs back to Amoeba, huge music store on Hate Street, and they completely ripped me off. I love how they, they were like, yeah, well, we'll give you a quarter for this stack. And you're just like, oh, you know, you're a bastard. Whatever. Take <laughs> it. I don't care. You could almost melt it down for the plastic and sell it for more. Yeah, like, exactly. Per, per pound of plastic basis. I was just like, you know what, dude? I don't care. Take it. I just don't want it in my house. But what really surprised me was the amount of money I received for selling back my shitty used clothing. And Ugh. this is the first time I'd ever really sold back clothing before. Because I always thought, you know, dude, it's clothes. You wear clothing. You sweat in your clothing. You 
fart in your clothing. You you don't want to buy people's clothing. I mean, I guess I bought used clothing and had it cleaned before. But never... outerwear. I mean, jackets. Um, maybe even pants. But uh... you've never bought a used jockstrap before. No. Liar. <laughs> but but have you not ever, to wear? Just but have you ever sold clothing back? No, nobody. You've seen how I dress. <laughs> nobody wants my clothes. I've bought used clothing, but not vintage. Just like real, like thrift store, like fifty cents for this sport coat type thing. Well, I'm kind of a hip guy, as you can tell. Right, and, and, so, I, and you have you know zoot suits or whatever that probably yeah, my leisure suits that are money. worth a little bit of money, and uh, you know a couple of rocker tees I purchased in my time. See, but that's that, different. That I'd like to sell back. See, I, I'm saying what I'm saying is I can understand a store wanting to buy like a suit, something that you wear. It's sort of you usually wear stuff underneath it. It's not impregnated with your, you know, bodily juices. But you're saying you sold T-shirts back to well, this place? Let, let me uh, continue my story here. So I brought this big bag of clothing in there. And it's kind of a mortifying experience selling back clothing. Because you're sitting there and you have this person, complete stranger. Judging your Who's fashion. young. Yeah, completely judging your fashion sense. And sitting there putting some so. stuff in, I mean, in piles being like, uh, no way. And with this, like, disgusted look. Like, picking up a pair of your jeans... With this like frown on their face, and then discarding it into a heap. And what at their you're saying left. is, it, they're not discarding things like these jeans have a skid mark. You don't don't try and sell me jeans that you went commando in. You're saying it's like out of fashion sense. Yeah, so no, they're saying these they're jeans saying, might have been worth something three years ago, right. but uh, no one would be caught dead wearing them now. So you're saying they wouldn't buy your Z Cavaricis? Yeah, my Z Cavaricis, they just weren't into. My Hugo Boss, you know, shirts. Right. They, they, all, all of your pegged pants were Yeah, my not. pegged pants that just weren't cool anymore. No, but so anyway, I didn't have that. I, you know, I had a couple pairs of uh, polyester pants that they actually did buy. And, uh, but what surprised me, and this is, totally blew my mind, is do you remember that old docking shirt I used to wear around? Like this was back fondly. in college. Very fondly. Well, no, it was a cool, you know, remember the band Dockin'? I remember the shirt and a pivotal no, band of the the hair metal movement. You've worn it more recently than college, so don't try and fool anybody. All right, a few months ago, I was yeah. where I was kicking around town in my docking shirt, but it was a cool docking shirt. I mean, and, was, and point taken, you've had it for a long time and worn it many times. Dude, I found this docking shirt at a thrift store in Saginaw, Michigan. I bought it for a dollar fifty, and this was back in like nineteen ninety one. And Back it, yeah. when people were still listening to Doc, and unironically, hence it hadn't skyrocketed in value exactly. yet, is that what you're saying? Well, so, you know, it's been years. It didn't even really fit me anymore. The shirt was faded. It had, like, corrosive stains under the arms. Your it had, pectorals like, a whole... have gotten much bigger since then, and you've just yeah, stretched it Yeah, I mean, actually, it was kind of, I've shrunk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't fit. It was too big. So I took it back, and I took that back, and I took another couple, couple other shirts back. And so the woman... Picks it up and she like walks back and confers with her other, um, you know, elitist snobs, yeah, <laughs> fashion Nazis. And she comes back. She's like, "Yeah, you really scored with this one." And she bought it for ninety five dollars. This is a t shirt <laughs> that you've worn up against your skin on multiple drinking binges in multiple. Dude, I puked on this shirt. Disgusting bars that are filled with cigarette smoke. And you I've bought it for fornicated with fat chicks just wearing the shirt and a pair of argyle socks. <laughs> I was going to say, the socks make, the, make this yeah, picture. My, my, my uh, sweat sock, tube socks pulled up. Did you try to and the sell knee. the socks back? <laughs> no, they wouldn't take the socks. But, uh, no, but the docking shirt, dude, I mean, this old piece of shit shirt that's just about to, like, you know, completely evaporate. And I, was, I, I was holding the shirt, and I'm like, 
95 bucks. Okay. Try and so, try not to be surprised. They 90 bought Vans. 95 bucks in 2008 and you bought it for $2 in when? 1991. 1991. Carry the four. <laughs> That's like way better than, than the Dow Jones industrial average. Dude, you know, it blew my mind. They bought returned to you. They bought this Discharge shirt that I had. The old punk band Discharge. It wasn't even an original shirt. It was a knockoff that I bought like a few years ago. They bought that for 50 bucks. Now, they now bought an exploited a, shirt di- for dis- 40. Discharge is a band. It's not what you did on the shirt. No, yeah. Noel, there might have been some of that. But no, it was a band, from, a punk band from the 80s. But I could not believe this. I'm sitting there looking around, and I noticed that they had baseball tees from like the Scorpions up on the wall for $150. Who the fuck? Who in their right mind? Would buy this dirty docking T-shirt for ninety five dollars. Well, the funny thing is, these these buyers for this this thrift store. I mean, you don't think for a second that they don't know what they're doing, right? They know people will buy them. They no, know people what they're will. Doing. Yeah, there's going to be like some trust fund kid that's going to go there and be like, "Ooh, docking, yeah." You know, like some thirty something trust fund kid. My check from my dad just came in. It's going to be wearing a rocking with docking shirt. It's I'm bit... going to be rocking with docking tonight at the beauty bar. You know, I can kind of understand the docking shirt because it's hip to wear, you know, to ironically wear one of those hair metal band t-shirts. Like if you had a Guns N' Roses shirt or, or you know, like an old Def Leppard t-shirt, you're, you're going to be hip and you're going to be cool wearing right, something like that. But it like has that. your armpit grease all over it. Well, you're looking at it from a practical standpoint, <laughs> not from a fashionable standpoint. But Discharge... Dude, if you're into Discharge, Discharge, the whole point of that band was to decry capitalism. So if you're into Discharge and you're paying 60 bucks for a Discharge t-shirt, it's completely paradoxical. You, you're wearing it for all the wrong reasons. You should not be listening to the band you, or wearing the t-shirt. Are you under the impression that people who are in 2008, people who are into 80s punk music are into the message of 80s punk music? Is that is that where you're going with this? Because I... You might I, be you might be in for a disappointment. No, I mean, I, I guess maybe I have a, a little more respect for people or something that are into that would you know recognize the don't name have discharge. Any respect for people. Yeah, I think I hold them too too loftily or something like yeah. that. I almost think it's a badge of honor to you know ironically listen to those bands and and completely live your life in an opposite manner as to what they felt was. Yeah, but would good. you pay sixty dollars for a torn old torn t shirt stained t shirt? I wouldn't pay sixty dollars for a pristine brand new t shirt that said. I don't know some current band. On it. Yeah, but I, you know what it is? It's it's wasteland. It's it's, it's those vintage clothing stores. And even just use clothing stores. They're just they, they cater to this elitist crowd that's so you know in tune with the fashion of the moment. It's all about obscurity. I mean, nobody's ever going to find that docking shirt again. Exactly. Although, all it's you would relic. have to do is to scan it, go to Cafe Press, and have your own shirt printed. But... Or head over to Saginaw and find yeah. another one. It's not going to have those vintage uh, underarm sweat stains that I guess a are true Hessian it, stain and make it authentic. The first day you have it, you don't even have to sweat it up yourself. But so anyway, I walked out of there with one hundred forty dollars. But the main reason I went up to Hate Street is because I was searching for the protest outfit that I can wear to the San Francisco protests of the Beijing torch-bearing Olympic run that's going to be happening in the city on Wednesday. At this point, I think the protest of the, the torch-bearing is, is a bigger deal than the torch-bearing itself. Well, Wackerly, this is a bone I wanted to pick with you, Some, an issue that I think we need to discuss. I came up with such a great idea to protest, you know, well, okay. To be honest, admittedly, I really couldn't give that much of a fuck about Tibet. You know, I don't really know what's going on over there, like most protesters in San Francisco. Uh, and I, I guess I'm not overly concerned about what's going on over there. I couldn't really care less about that whole portion of the world. <laughs> but it's a 
great moment for us to take advantage of like a huge publicity situation for Sick and Wrong. So what I propose is that we dress up in the Abu Ghraib outfits, get Bob Madigan to wear his meat panties, and to head out and uh, just join the protesters, maybe unfurl a banner that says, Go China, fuck Tibet. <laughs> you know, and so I was looking for materials on hate I love how none of this ties to any specific issue. You know, the meat panties, <laughs> the Abu Ghraib thing has nothing to do with China or the Olympics, and then and then the Go China thing... Like I said, it has nothing to do with really. I guess that is the most relevant to. Well, the, the reason I'm the disheartened and the reason I'm bringing this up here on the show is because I called you and told you about my plan while I was on Hay Street, and you completely derided it. Well, two things. Number one, I tr- kind of deride all these um, participatory show these fly by night promotion ideas do. I have. Just because I do the show, <laughs> I don't really want to occupy my time outside of the show promoting the show. Although I, a little bit, you know, I go in the forum and everything. But you, you always have these performance art things that you try and dude. Set this up. is a perfect opportunity. So I poo pooed it just on my own participation on that. But I also even poo pooed you doing it because I think that the this protest thing, the protest of the torch going through San Francisco is going to be such a huge draw for the protest crowd. There's just no way you're going to be able to make yourself seen. You're so gonna I'm going to be out. lost in a sea of protesters. Right. Dude, well, what about the meat panties that Bob Madigan's going to be wearing? What, what about the Abu Ghraib outfit that makes no sense? There's probably going to be like five other people wearing meat panties. There's going to be that many people. So you don't think they're going to be uh, you know, a little bit irritated by the Go China banner? You know who's going to be irritated? The cameras aren't going to go on you, but all the other protesters immediately surrounding you are going to give you a stern tongue lashing. (laughs) They're all going to be like weak, you know, vegan, falafel-fed hippies. I wouldn't be worried about any type of violence. But uh, they will yell at you and probably spittle will be flying spit all over your face. falafel pieces yeah. and uh, throw little bits of patchouli on me or something. But, but, have, you, you, but you, have, you, have you seen what's been going on in London and Paris? I mean, you can't just have Bob in meat panties and stand off to the side. Like, you have to be willing to go and try and tackle the torchbearer if you want to be on the international news. And, you know, that that's what I kind of came to realize. Once again, your your words, uh, so, you know, after time suddenly sunk in. And, yes, you are my the sober yin to my raging yang. <laughs> I had to say that. I'm going to have but, to look up what those terms exactly mean. But, no, no, you know, you, your words do make sense, and, and I understand that. So, you know, yeah, I, I came up with this idea that the time I thought was amazing idea and I, th- I thought it would garner an, a, a lot of attention for sick and wrong and and for us because you know i thought this is a perfect moment but if you think about it yeah we'd be there's tens of thousands of people coming here to protest and the only way to really get noticed much like is what, what's been happening in paris and in london right is uh for people to literally tackle you know yeah i mean tackle the person that's uh, bearing the olympic torch <laughs> have you seen the picture with the um I guess she's a Chinese girl. She's Asian, and I believe they're in Paris. There's a girl who has an amputated leg. She's in a wheelchair rolling down the street with the torch, and some guy tried to grab it out of her hand. No, I, you know, I saw that. But did Weren't people running up to them with, like, fire extinguishers and just trying to, like, put out the flame? water balloons. But seriously, the the – the amputee in the wheelchair, you're going to go for her? Is this like the weakest water buffalo analogy? I mean, go for the Kenyan. Like, <laughs> you are not going to be able to catch, catch that guy. Right? I mean, but you could try and cut him up. You could try and jump out and surprise him. 
but let it be sporting. I mean, going for this amputated girl in a wheelchair, I, I find that she was protecting classless. the torch, though. She did have her hand up trying to keep the torch. But going. you bring up a good point. It's just like if someone's willing to do that, it completely overshadows some dumbass wearing like an Abu Ghraib outfit yeah. with a banner. Yeah, you I mean, be... no one's going to notice that. You need to be able, you need to have the balls to actually go and tackle somebody. And if you did that, dude, you'd be arrested and a $10,000 fine. Well, if you're not willing to be arrested, then uh, I mean, what are you what are you doing? You're not. Really, I don't your mind being arrested, but I just don't want to pay a ten thousand dollar fine, dude. The Reach Around Foundation would never go for that. You know what I find funny, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but another thing you could do would be to climb up the Golden Gate Bridge, like the towers, and hang a big banner. <laughs> I know why you said that. <laughs> no, but but seriously, actually, you bring up another good point there. These people are so fervent in their passion. To protest Tibet, whether or not they even know what the fuck is going on in that, in that area. I highly doubt they do. I mean, I'm sure some of them do because they're all like funded by, you know, different Tibetan movements. But no, like today in San Francisco, three demonstrators scaled cables near the South Tower of the Golden Gate Bridge and unfurled banners intended to draw attention to Chinese human rights violations. One of the banners said, uh, one world, one dream, free Tibet 08. Another one just said free Tibet, and then they hung two Tibetan flags. But we should put up pictures. I mean, these are these aren't like print shop banners. <laughs> these are like gigantic, fifty foot tall by like one hundred and fifty feet wide banners hanging off the Golden Gate Bridge. Dude, right? these activists are serious. This is like a whole different level of protest. They risked their lives to climb one hundred and fifty feet over the roadway, three hundred and seventy right. feet above the water. Right. To put these banners oh, if you on the Golden Gate Bridge. Fall, I mean, if you fall from where they were climbed up, if you fall from the road level, you're dead. They're climbing 150 feet above that. If they fall, they're deader than dead. Yeah, so they're willing to risk their life. You know, and, and I was thinking about that. You know, I am not willing to get arrested, A, and have to pay a $10,000 fine, B. But <laughs> then die. to be, yeah, to die, <laughs> to promote Sick and Wrong, I'm not going to do it. Sick and Wrong podcast, I regret nothing. <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that, that, that someone's willing to scale the cables of the Golden Gate Bridge to do this means that there's going to be protests on Wednesday that completely would overshadow anything that I'd ever think of. <laughs> and these people were willing to like take this climbing gear out on the out on the bridge, climb up 150 feet, unfurl a gigantic banner. Yet even they didn't try and do it on a Wednesday because they thought they'd be overshadowed. They, they had to jump the gun and do it two days. Dude, before. so it makes me think: What are we in store for on Wednesday? Are you going to go down to see the uh, the protests? I in the think flush? I'll be at work. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's only like a block away from where you work. That's true, and it's at lunchtime, right? Yeah, so, I was thinking we should meet up for lunch and head over there and just to check out the chaos. I, it's probably a once in a lifetime experience. So I yeah, it's a, it's actually a one o'clock. And what was interesting about it is the city was being. Really secretive about the route that they were going to have for the torch carriers. Then they gave the route, but I'm kind of worried that if we go down there, the route's going to be changed at the last minute. Well, it started off where they had separate, like, designated areas for people to protest. Yeah. And then now they change it where they said, you can protest anywhere you want. <laughs> a la but, Arrested Development, where they had that little cage, and they had to stand there. I don't know if you ever saw that episode. <laughs> And then the hot lesbian uh, does a cage dance and, like, they spray water on her. It's great. See, now that would get some attention. (laughs) That's what I should do, dude. Get a hot lesbian in a cage. With a white T-shirt and some buckets of water. Dude, titties. 
Titties for Tibet. Titties Trump. Titties for Tibet. Titties Trump attacking somebody in a wheelchair. They Trump climbing up on the Golden Gate Bridge. Titties for Tibet. But, you know, in in light of what happened in Paris, they had to stop the runners like five times because protesters were trying to put out the torch. They had to put them in a car and drive them to some other area to continue the run. In London, they had three people tackle one of the runners. (laughs) So what I'm thinking— Dude, San Francisco, There's this is the only city in North America that's going to have the torch running through. Uh-huh. Yeah, people have plans. There's going to be... There's going to be... Schemes. I, I, yeah, there's going to be schemes. There's going to be people. There's going to be violence. I bet you there's some tear gas. Yeah. Pepper so, spray. Yeah, I, I want to see it, but, you know, I, I'm probably not going to protest <laughs> myself. I, you know, I'm probably not going to stage some kind of performance art. Exhibit. You know, I might call Bob Madigan and see if he might wear the meat panties at least with sick and wrong, like <laughs> it's written always in a Sharpie good time. on it's his back. It's always a good time to have Bob wear the meat panties. Yeah, but you could write sick and wrong and Sharpie on his back or yeah. something. You know what I think? You know, I mean, this whole running with the goddamn torch is just all like a nod to historical Greek times where they would actually like really run the torch from somewhere like Mount Olympus to the arena. I think they should take this. This concept where the torch running is protested and in the future just adapt it to their tradition and like have it kind of be like American gladiators have like zap or like just huge dudes run the torch and anybody they in can the, fight off the protesters anybody in the society if they feel that they're man or woman enough can sort of take a run at the guy and the guy is like you know has carte blanche to just like pound the dude to the ground yeah but so would, are you saying a protester could do it one at a time or are you saying like a whole group of people can just kind of tackle them, should... mass tackle them? Well, that's a good question. They'd have to, we'd have to work out the, the technicalities. But I, I think you should – the torch runners should be big, uh, you know, wrestler-type dudes, ultimate fighters who are sort of prepared and trained to beat the shit out of anybody who comes like near Like true them. Olympians. Right, and they should be allowed to just jam the flaming torch right in the protesters' face. You know what I think they should have is a javelin in one hand and a yeah. torch in the other, and yeah, they can just like stab and burn. And burn, stab and burn. Stab and burn, all the way through to carry the torch. Why not? I mean, traditions are made uh, in much more obscure ways, right? You can earn that gold. Well, what if you're like a special Olympiad? Or Olympic person. What are you going to um, do then? I'd give him a taser or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to go check out the chaos. And I do wonder what's in store for the uh, San Francisco torchbearers. I, I think I saw some interview. I read an interview where they were actually quite nervous about running the torch through the city. The officials. The officials, but the uh, torch carriers, oh, the, the torch, torch bearers. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being somebody who has to actually run with the thing. Dude, could you imagine? I mean, running through the city, it's like dude, people here are hungry for a protest. It's like San Francisco. Do you remember during the Iraq War? But every weekend. When you, you find somebody protesting somebody here every weekend. Yeah, but this is something that all the granolas and all the hippies and all the, you know— Neo, whatever. Here's the thing: they've been protesting the Iraq War for six years, and now it's kind of—it's just becoming sort of, uh, you know, it doesn't have impact anymore because they've been doing it every year for six years. Now this Tibet thing—it's all fresh and new, and so like now everybody's paying attention to it. You can go, but it's a new issue to glom on, you know, to glom on to, and now it's like, okay, we can make a big deal. And uh, going, it's it's you know it's attention seeking. That's yeah. what I, it think, is. I think. I think fevered egos. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, our our governor, our esteemed governor, he should run the torch. And if anybody wants to tangle with him, you know, 
feel free. He's going to have some circular saw blades like he did in the movie Commando. big, like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, uh, yeah. Like a big machine gun, yeah, like they're Predator. Yeah, they're going to paint him up like he was painted in Predator. Dude, that and, would be uh, badass. If you want to tangle with the governator, you can take your chances. But, you know, the fact of the matter, do you think China really cares that there's some idiot trying to put the torch out? They don't care. No. I mean, do you really do you think they really care what we think about their foreign policy with well, you know, their policy towards Tibet? No, they care. Whatever. China's going to do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> ben Bernanke, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank, could like move the interest rate on the you know the dollar like a one tenth of a percent one way or the other, and they would freak out. But they don't give a fuck if somebody throws a water balloon at Dude, the I mean, bear. It's like people have been criticizing China for the past two decades about their human <laughs> rights violations. And China's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. We don't care. We're going to still drown babies in buckets. And we're going to still eat zoo animals. <laughs> you know, we're going to still, like, smash monks <laughs> and, like, you know, oppress people. So right. we don't really care. It's not going to stop it. No. And they still got to have the Olympics. I mean, as much as a, as big of a stink as anybody makes, the Olympics are still going to happen in China, and Americans are still going to go and compete. Well, I think uh, all in all, I'm going to go down and check out what's going to happen this Wednesday, and uh, maybe we'll have some maybe we'll have some videos. Well, I don't know. I, I might. You never know. If I if I talk to Bob Madigan, he's willing to wear the meat panties. I might bust out the Abu Ghraib outfit. Hey, maybe you'll eat your Wheaties that morning, and you're just going to feel all spunky. Have like seven cups of coffee, and you can take a run at the. Did guy. you know I or should girl. do it out of spite for you, Wackerly? You'll see when I get a picture in the paper. AP has a picture of me, you know, on on Bob Madigan's shoulders in my with my sick and wrong and blazing across my chest in my Abu Ghraib outfit. Bob and meat panties cruising through the street carrying a fuck to bet sign trust me i'll be taking pictures close-ups <laughs> as the cop is batoning your face yeah we'll have to post it and on laughing. the site we'll have to post it on the site yeah, but okay. no people make sure you monitor the news and find out what happens in san francisco uh this wednesday look for d yeah what is it april 9th yeah uh, april 9th yeah. it's uh this wednesday guarantee there's gonna be some action well, Ryan, this is episode 117 here of Sick and Wrong. A quick recap of uh, last week's show, episode 116. I did a story with uh, in tandem with a listener, a listener named No, about a French virgin serial killer. Uh, probably one of the only French serial killers we've ever discussed himself, on the show. He killed virgins. He right. killed virgins. Uh, you did a story about a good Samaritan who... Um, a good Samaritan girl who got bitten in the face by the person she tried to help. True. And a listener sent in a story about a picnic table rapist. Well, the listener, believe it or not, came in dead last with 46 votes. You came in it's in the incredible. middle with 64, and I won episode 116, along with the uh, the listener, no, with uh, 86 votes. So people have no sympathy for inanimate objects being abused. No, dude. People were like, you know, it's interesting. Most of the comments that we received, were people were just kind of like... Sort of ambivalent. They're like, yeah, you know, I don't think it's that sick or wrong for someone to have sex with a picnic <laughs> so table. So if that was your dad fucking a picnic table, you'd just be, like, cool with it. Yeah, they don't even care. I mean, most, <laughs> okay. most people are just kind of like, yeah, you know what? Some people are like, you know, it's disgusting that it happened near an elementary school, but whatever. It's just a picnic table. I really didn't care about the fact it was near an elementary school. I just thought it was sick that a guy was fucking a picnic table. So I won episode 86, along with the listener No that I shared the story with. So uh, we're going to have to send a sick wrong care package to No. He's an active member of the forum. So I'm sure he's going to be writing about this tomorrow. 
Well, people, you know the way sick and wrong works. Uh, Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show, audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. We also throw in a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com or uh, submit it right through the forum, which I think we got one of our stories. The story we're going to do today was uh, submitted on the forum. Hmm. So I believe you started off uh, 116. So Wacker, let me kick off episode 117 here at Sick and Wrong with my story. From uh, Middle America. So it happened in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Is that Middle America or is that West? West Coast? Um, Midwest? It's east of the Rockies. I'm calling it the Midwest. Okay, so it's Midwest. Boulder man groped deceased sister at a funeral service. So, Wackerly, before I get into the story, have you ever crashed a wedding before? No. I hate weddings. Why would I go to one that I wasn't even forced to go to? For the drunk chicks, dude. That's true. Free booze. That's true. Well, but you I do have, have to idea. put on a suit. Yeah. But so you've never crashed a wedding, so that goes without saying you probably have never crashed a funeral before. That's true. But They I can... have food and booze there, too, especially if you go to an Irish one. Well, you know... At first, I was, I was reading the story, and I was thinking, I can understand crashing a wedding, because I've crashed a few weddings in my time. I remember when I used to live on Treasure Island when I first moved out here. They had weddings all the time in the, in the big reception area, the reception hall on the right. island. And they're and probably so, outside, right? Yeah, they're so outside, easy, and it was easy so easy. easy. You just put on a suit right? and just kind of walk in. Yeah. You end up like getting wasted for free and dancing with a bunch of drunk chicks. And it seriously is the easiest place to get laid as a wedding. Uh-huh. Because all these girls, you know, are so emotional, and they see right. their friend getting married. They need a man. And they're loaded. But at a funeral, you think, okay, you know, they, this would be a difficult place to get laid, but emotionally vulnerable chicks abound at a funeral. Plus, if it's a widow, <clears throat> if there's a widow, <laughs> she, she's concerned that she's never going to be laid again. Especially if she's a widow of a, of a rich man. Yeah, and it's not cheating yeah. because he's dead. She probably gets a huge inheritance. Right. And you get to you bang You can be her. first in line if you're at the funeral. Well, I don't think that's exactly what happened here. At, at uh, Maybe maybe this, that was his intention, the uh, the main character of my story, but uh, I don't think that's what's, what happened here. But let me get into the story. A Boulder man was arrested early Thursday after police said he crashed a funeral service, grabbed the breast of the deceased woman's sister, and showed the deceased woman's mother pornographic pictures. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help you get laid. <laughs> Maybe that was his intention. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Marlo, I assume this guy's drunk. Marlos Hernandez, 31 years old, faces possible charges of unlawful sexual contact, first-degree burglary, and harassment after police said he entered a funeral service in another unit of his apartment building. Uh, the deceased woman whose life was being celebrated has not been identified, and details of her death aren't known. Her mother, who hosted the memorial gathering, told police that she didn't know who Hernandez was, didn't immediately recognize him, but wasn't too suspicious because when he came into her home, there were lots of people there that she didn't know who were there just to pay their respects. Pay respects, right. And I think that's what happens. I mean, with a, so it probably would be a lot easier to crash a funeral than a wedding. Right. Because you, I mean, you don't want to ask somebody like, "What are you doing here?" And it's like, "Well, you know, I, I'm the mailman, and I and I always had a conversation with her in the morning, and now she's gone forever." And oh my god! But it's just so much easier because you have all these strangers. You don't know who that deceased woman knew in her life, right? 
But if you're at a wedding, you know, the woman's still alive. She could right. still be like, I have no idea who the hell, who the hell, hell is that you. guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I banged you last Saturday. But yeah, so um, uh, her mother, you know, wasn't immediately suspicious because she didn't know who he was. Upon entering the apartment, Hernandez went first to the kitchen. Um, I imagine he probably was drinking a little booze, poured himself a cocktail or two. Sniffed her full. He then put his arm around the deceased woman's teenage sister as if to comfort her. Mm. It's probably, I mean, it's probably a good technique if you think about it. A lot of vulnerable women there crying. They're upset. Yeah. And uh, they're distraught. And yeah, you know, he probably just went, put his arm around her. And then he went in for the... The kill. Melon grab. <laughs> but the, women to, the woman told officers it made her uncomfortable. I couldn't imagine <laughs> why having this complete stranger put his arm around you would make you feel uncomfortable. The, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, well, then after he put his arm around her, he reached down and grabbed one of her breasts. Yeah. I don't know if he made the honking noise, but he definitely grabbed one of her titties. The sister told police she didn't want to start a confrontation, so she left the kitchen, <laughs> which kind of blows my mind. Because if you think if uh, if it was my sister and it was at, you know, a funeral, I think my sister probably would have punched him in the face, maybe clawed an eye out. Right. Your sister's not passive aggressive, though. Or but maybe dude, just I passive. Mean, seriously, it's like she's surrounded by family members. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You I'm kinda... so, maybe nobody saw it. Maybe it was sort of, uh, you know, underneath the black shawl, I think. Well, apparently, uh, yeah, she's non-confrontational, left the kitchen. Hernandez then... I, I'm imagining, stumbled towards a display of pictures and memories of the deceased and pulled out his cell phone. The mother, who was standing nearby, thought he was going to take a picture of the shrine with his cell phone. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, but instead, he showed the mother a pornic- pornographic oh, picture. Oh, that's not sweet. <laughs> I just wonder what he was doing. He's just kind of standing there like, hey, baby. <laughs> Check out this picture, riding, now, riding the chocolate speedway. It it's my favorite movie. It doesn't say what the... Uh, oh, you, do you think it was a film or a, a still shot? He probably had a still shot of his cock. Now, do you think... <laughs> you th- uh, that was my question. Do you think it's a picture of a cock or a gaping vagina? I don't know, but it, either way, it's it's a good method of grieving. It's like, you know, he's consoling the, uh, the distraught people here. Yeah, shock them out of their stupor. <laughs> what better way than porn? <laughs> I mean, seriously, dude. It's porn like, is good for all occasions. Yeah, I mean, porn is the ultimate grieving tool. Um, I, apparently, for some reason, showing the mother these pornographic pictures upset her, and uh, some of the guests were kind of upset. They then grabbed Hernandez, forced him outside, and started fighting. Apparently, they really uh, bashed his head in because he had uh, lacerations to his face. And uh, he had to be taken to the hospital. Do you think the mom was like, there is a time for porn, and there is a time for grieving, and this is not the time for porn? <laughs> but you know what's kind of funny to me is, like, this guy basically had, like, broken through all the barriers of time, of, of good, you know, of uh, human decency. Yeah. So he, he went through, like, all the several, he groped the deceased woman's teenage sister. Yeah. He then showed pornographic pictures to the woman's mother. Right. It's about time the guy got his ass kicked. I can imagine anyone else who deserves an ass kicking. This than wasn't this guy. like an open casket wake, was it? Uh, you know they don't say. I think it was like a Mexican funeral, so it was probably right. just like a big bunch of Jesus pictures stacked on top of each there, other. That's what I'm no, it was a memorial gathering. Okay. So he just kind of he could have grew up with the corpse. <laughs> it was that. <laughs> you know, in the Irish tradition, they actually you bring the the casket into the home and you drink around the open casket. 
Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think in Mexican tradition, don't they stuff it full of candy, hang it from the ceiling, everyone gets a bat? I've heard that. I've never <laughs> been to one of those funerals myself. So on the sick and wrong star scale, the guy crashed a funeral, for Christ's sake. He right. groped the daughter. He, you know, he groped the girl, teenage daughter, Strike and two. he showed porn on his cell phone, which kind of is funny to me that he even had porn on his cell phone. Dude, but you sh- have porn on your cell phone. Yeah, but I mean, I host a show called Sick and Wrong. Okay. <laughs> don't, I'm just saying, don't get all holier than thou. I know you have porn on your cell phone. All right, I do have porn on my cell phone, but sometimes you need to look at a little bit of porn, like you don't. <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. So on the Sick and Wrong star scale, I mean, I'm gonna have to give this four stars. Just I'm because of the originality. Three strikes, crashing the funeral, grabbing the titty, showing the mom porn. I'm saying three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. I'll take that. A daycare in North York Elementary School was under lockdown this morning, which would have been uh, April 4th last week sometime, I guess, Uh, maybe Thursday. It was under lockdown this morning after a bizarre incident in which a man was found dangling from a tree outside and impaled by a metal stake. A parent dropping off a child at this uh, public school where there's this daycare-type area. Uh, She called 911 after spotting the man hanging from a small tree, like a sapling or something, at the back of the school around 7.30 a.m., which is apparently when you drop your kids off for school. When emergency crews arrived on scene, they found the man, believed to be in his 40s, impaled through his, quote, rectal area. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. No, hold on a second. This guy was climbing a tree outside of a daycare. A small tree. He was climbing a sapling. A sapling. Outside of a, a, a daycare. Is this at night, or were there children in the school? Well, he was he was found at 7:30 a.m. I don't I'm not really sure when this incident happened how he found himself so, in this precarious situation. What was he impaled upon? So there's this little sapling which normally you don't climb saplings you climb like <laughs> majestic oaks and it had uh, like metal, you know, uh, poles sort of holding it up so it grows straight and true. <laughs> okay. And uh yeah, one of them was shoved up his ass. <laughs> So why did the guy have his pants down? Um. Well, let me get to that. Uh, the injured man was bleeding badly, but he was conscious and able to talk when you know nine one one actually showed up. Badly. <laughs> he claimed he had been. <laughs> he claimed he had climbed the approximately five meter tall tree. So that's like fifteen feet, right? We're not talking about a little Charlie Brown. Okay, Christmas so this tree. isn't a sapling. I mean, this is like a a young tree. Young tree, maybe what? Uh, yeah, as big around as your. It's arm, not a maybe. stalwart oak, but it's definitely a tree that it's you a could tree. climb. It's fifteen feet tall, something like that. But he had been. He says that he climbed this tree to escape from two or three muggers. If somebody, <laughs> if some dudes are mugging me, and I, I think I could probably tell the difference between two or three. I'm well, leading up to my conclusion. But what I don't understand is why wouldn't the muggers just climb the tree after him? Well, he <clears> says <throat> the would-be bandits then allegedly yanked him out of the tree as he was, and he was impaled as he fell to the ground. And so he's claiming they sort of grabbed his clothes and were dragging him out of the tree. And then his pants happened to come off, and then he fell on this metal stake. It was, like, up his ass. 
So I, I find the story slightly dubious. <laughs> I don't know if I find it, if I truly buy his alibi. <laughs> well, police would not confirm or deny reports indicating that the man's pants were around his ankles, which means they were. Because if they weren't, the cops would just say, no, his pants were up. Yeah, they would have said the man was found impaled. They wouldn't have said his pants were on his ankles. Yeah, also, uh, the cops admit that they are skeptical of this man's story, which I think leads back to the... Wait, two or three dudes were mugging you? Oh, they were black? Yeah, they were black. I mean, it's just one of those stories that pops into your head when you're trying to explain the fact that you were trying to, you know, yeah, pleasure yourself mugging. with a tree spike. <laughs> but what? Okay, so you think this guy was deliberately lowering himself onto the spike in his ass? Yes. That's <laughs> to get cut right to the chase. Yes. And I think. Dude, he, uh, why wouldn't the guy just buy a butt plug or a dildo? I think this dude Shame. was, you, you know what, my theory on this, this guy was climbing up into this tree so he could peek into the daycare and jerk off. And he had his pants around his ankles, tree branch broke, fell onto the stake like well, he deserves. Maybe part of watching the daycare kids and jerking off, part of, you know, maybe he's enhancing his pleasure by shoving this tree support up his butt. So what I don't understand is he, they found him impaled. Was he just kind of hanging there like some kind of perverted scarecrow i mean i don't get it like what, what was he holding himself up or was it just like i mean how, how I think deep he, i think he for lack of a better term got in a little, little over his head <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a little too far into his butt his asshole uh but police say that he's uh he's being treated for uh in the emergency room but they're not life-threatening injuries um and <laughs> uh, this doesn't happen very often but the article says that anyone with information is urged to call investigators at 33 Division at 416-808-3301. <laughs> so if you have some, you know, theories, be they cockamamie or completely, like, unfounded, I suggest you guys call the police yeah, department and want, get, almost, offer them your assistance. I almost want to prank this and record it for the show. Oh, it's this not is... a prank. It's, it's heartfelt assistance. Yeah, but I'd make my own prank call here. Right, but you might have a real theory. Like, you you know, he's trying to bugger himself with the tree spike. Yeah, dude, I wonder if there were any witnesses to this. So on the sick and wrong star scale, you know what I, what dissatisfies me about this story is there's so many questions <laughs> left unanswered okay. there's so many questions left unanswered i you know it's just it, this story has too many loose ends i'm giving it three stars based well, on the fact is loose, so <laughs> based on the fact that his his colon is now torn open i'm i'm, I'm giving it three stars but okay. the fact that we have no idea why he was up in the tree what caused him to fall out of the tree and how was he hanging on the uh, on the on the spike I'm giving it three stars because I'm confused. Three stars. A man, a, a guy was anally impaled on a metal tree spike, and you're gonna give it three stars. Okay. Um, I it's just slow. like. I, I just like to point out that it's pretty clear that the guy was shoving this, trying to get <laughs> off on this thing. Like I said, the cops. Was there lube the cop, found on the scene? <laughs> maybe just some tree sap. <laughs> Which I don't know. Is that the opposite of lube? It's like sticky. Was he um, a Keebler elf? <laughs> <laughs> the cops are are skeptical of his three mugger story. I mean, uh, and he's outside the daycare, and he's and he's, you know, you know, you heard the story. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think this guy's a stars, creepy pedophile. I just have to give it four. All right, we'll see. What, what, the, what does the listener have? We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. So the listener submission of this week comes from a guy named Casey. He goes, "Here's my story for uh, this week." How many knife-wielding third graders could you take? 
Remember, I think a while ago, you posed that um, thought experiment where how many, uh, was it five-year-olds could you beat up? Yeah, but well, they third don't third graders have, are like eight-year-olds. Yeah, in my, in my thought experiment, they don't have knives. That, that distinctly changes the equation. It certainly does. Well, anyway, um, his uh, point here relates to the story. Third graders allegedly plot attack on teacher with a steak knife and uh, handcuffs. <laughs> this happened in Georgia, way across Georgia. And you know, it's interesting you think like um, people always say the United States is just a violent country. Like foreigners <laughs> right, always right, say it's a violent so. country. And oftentimes, you know, they, they blame it on movies, the media, you know, movies, video games. And, you know, oftentimes I'm quick to, like, jump to the defense of this country and be like, you know what, it's, that's, you know, you can't say because of video games and movies, that's why we're a violent nation. You can't say because we don't have, you know, as much gun control laws, as many gun control laws as, like, the, you know, the United Kingdom or uh, Europe, that we're a violent nation. But then you read about third graders plotting to attack their teachers with a steak knife and handcuffs, and it's just like... Okay, I don't really have anything to say about that. We are a bunch of violent people <laughs> ready to kill each other at a moment's notice. But what are you going to outlaw steak knives? Like not let children into the sizzler? Yeah, but third graders, dude. When you're in third grade, aren't you supposed to be like playing with like My Little Pony and watching Shrek movies or something? Barney? I don't yeah, know. I mean, third grade, they're like eight years old. When I was eight years old, I was not plotting to attack my teacher. Yeah, it's hard. To, how old? You're like nine when you're in you're third like grade? eight or nine years old. It's one of those really awkward ages. You're not really little, but you're not, you know, a, a tween even yet. You're like a, you're like 11 or 10 or nine where you just don't know what's going on. Exactly. I mean, dude, they they haven't even hit puberty yet, so they're not, you know, not emotionally distraught. Yeah, it's not like they have sexual angst. Right. I, I don't even understand it. So, a group of third graders plotted to attack their teacher, bringing a broken steak knife, handcuffs, duct tape, and other items for the job, and assigning children tasks, including covering the windows and cleaning up afterward. <laughs> Industrious kids. That's one thing you have to give to them. I mean, they're definitely they definitely like. You know, plan this out. Right. It's premeditated. It kind of reminds me of that movie School of Rock (laughs) with Jack Black, where he, you know, coordinates the kids to clandestinely start a rock band. Is that what is that what happened? You know, I never saw that movie because I it's absolutely I felt like a pathological hatred of Jack Black. Right, but would you see this movie? You know, School of Helter Skelter. <laughs> Toy Soldiers, man. Wasn't there a movie called Toy Soldiers? I don't know. I don't recognize the name. What, what about Red Dawn? Oh wait, that had to do with like <laughs> communist takeover of a high school. Those are older kids, yeah, mm-hmm. that did fight back against the communist menace. They weren't third graders. No. Uh, the plot involving as many as nine boys and girls at this elementary school in South Georgia was a serious threat, says uh, Police Chief Tony Tanner. School officials alerted police after a pupil tipped off a teacher that a girl had brought a weapon to school. It's interesting that there, there are girls and boys involved in this plot. Yeah. Tanner said the students apparently, apparently planned to knock the teacher unconscious with a crystal paperweight, bind her with the handcuffs and tape, and then stab her with the knife. That's an elaborate plan. Yeah, I just don't understand. What was their motivation? Like, did they want, like, a longer nap time? Like, better I'm, snacks? So I mean, the, art- <laughs> the article doesn't say? I mean, I was just waiting for that. Well, no, they, they said that the children aged 8 through 10 were mad at the teacher because she had scolded one of them for standing on a chair. <laughs> I can't attest to having deep-seated hatred for some of my teachers in elementary school. But, I mean, even at the age of 8, you had hatred. I mean, did you have, you know negative thoughts towards your teacher where you'd go to this elaborate of a plan 
Well, beyond <laughs> it's just short of going to the you know hatching this plan. Yes, the DC the deep seated hatred was there. But I mean, what? She take away your crayons? It's like, dude, these kids don't know any better. I don't understand where they can devise this type of violence. Like, where I don't. I guess they, if they watch TV, but it's like, well, what do they plan to prove here? Like, what, what's their motivation? What What are they going to achieve? Plan for her to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. The but, Wizard of Oz. Like, I want to drop a house on this witch bitch. Yeah, but why were you pissed off at your teacher in third grade? Some people are just evil. I guess, I mean, if you think about it, you know, the teacher comes by and takes away your notepad where you're drawing pictures. Didn't you used to draw pictures of your penis or penises? <laughs> I mean, did you tell me you had that penis notebook? Or am I, I think thinking of the confusing... movie Superbad? <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about Steel from From the Bell. Oh. <laughs> and that wasn't in third grade. That's now. Yeah, his penis notebook. Uh, he's got actually five of them. <laughs> they're the, the five seven. subject notebooks, so they're really thick. <laughs> Trapper keeper. <laughs> But no, I mean, I guess I can kind of understand you could have some anger towards your teacher for taking away, when, you know, your notebook or a toy or something but, like but that. But as long but, as – if the article doesn't say, then my, my next question is, you know, who is the Lord of the Flies the leader, ringleader? of this group? Because they obviously didn't hatch this plan out by consensus. Some One of the kids came up with the plan. Well, two of the students were arrested on juvenile charges, so <laughs> – and a third was also expected to be arrested. Damien and uh, what's the kid from Children of the Corn? <laughs> Malachi. <laughs> Some of the kids said, we thought they were just kidding. Another child was supposed to bring a toy pistol. And he told the detective he didn't bring it because he thought he'd get in trouble. Um, you can never trust third graders. The DA here, Rick Curry, said the children are too young to be charged as adults and probably too young to be sentenced to a youth detention center. I mean, don't they have to be at least like 13 to be in a juvenile home? I would hope so. Uh, so please seize the steak knife with a broken handle, steel handcuffs, duct tape, electrical, and transparent tape, ribbons, and a paperweight from the students. <laughs> you know, it, What it's, are the ribbons for again? Yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, it, it kind of surprises me, the variety of what they're using here. I wonder if they had just watched like some kind of Tarantino movie or something. Yeah, I mean, or uh, Natural Born Killers comes to mind, the Oliver Stone film. So the DA said he decided to seek juvenile charges against the two girls, ages 9 and 10. I think there are girls behind this plot here. Girls are vicious at that age. They're it's... more mature, and they, they actually are probably entering into the puberty stages, and their bodies are going wild with hormones. And they can use sex. Is like a you know a power tool. They can wield their sex. <laughs> yeah, but a... the, the problem is the boys haven't hit puberty yet, and they're like, I I don't give a fuck. These I mean, kids don't even have trans yet. Give me a new transformer toy. I'm more interested <laughs> in that in your vagina. They don't play transformers anymore. <laughs> uh, the girls bought the knife and the paperweight. An eight-year-old boy actually bought the duct tape. He said all three students faced charges of conspiracy to commit aggravated assault, which I bet you they don't even know how to spell that. No. And uh, both girls are being charged with bringing weapons to school. The uh, purported target is a veteran educator who teaches third grade students with learning disabilities, including attention deficit disorder, delayed development, and hyperactivity. So this was a special ed class. But at the same time, do you think that the normal developmental children could have hatched this type of a plan? I think this is uh, – I think that we should chalk one up for the ADHD kids. Dude, do you remember the special ed classroom in your high school? It was like <laughs> yeah. in the basement all the way in the back. The teacher spoke really slowly. <laughs> they weren't and there was a any kid plans. that didn't even know how to tie his shoes. I just – it blows my mind that these kids – 
I think these kids are underestimated. The fact that they're in a special ed program when they're able to devise some kind of plot, you know, this elaborate, means that they're not retarded. No, this just speaks to the whole, you know, modern, you know, current concept that they throw any kid who's even the least bit misbehaved into the sped class. When you and I were in elementary school, we had real speds. Like, they couldn't do anything. And they were in the sped class because they were, like, super, super slow and didn't know what was going on. Dude, we had a girl in high school, I remember, because we called her It. I don't even remember her real name. But I know she had, like, Down syndrome and a score of other maladies. Yeah, so you you felt the need to make fun of her. (laughs) Well, yeah, easy target. She's not going to fight back. Wounded buffalo. But, uh... The thing is with her, she didn't even know how to tie her shoes. What's a girl that doesn't even know how to tie her shoes doing in high school? Right. I mean, why would she be there? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, this is... Where else is she going to (laughs) go? I don't know. Like She could keep her at home locked in the basement. But so these kids were special ed kids, and it just kind of surprises me that they could hatch such a plan. I just think that the, such a complex the, defi- plan. the, the modern mm. definition of special ed kids is, is much broader than when we were in you know, public school. I think now it's, it's, it's grown. Yeah, it's growing to like include other kids. So the scheme involved a division of roles. I guess one child's job was to cover windows so no one could see the outside. Another was supposed to clean up after an attack. These kids aren't retarded. I mean, they definitely knew what they were doing. Right. And they're From, devious. I, w- I would say it's more like the criminal-minded classroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the class of young criminals. All right, uh, see, you cover up the window, see, you look in the hall, I'm going to sand her fingerprints off after we shiver. <laughs> so we get all the future rapists and uh, armed robbers. Yeah, they, they come to this class, and uh, we just train them <laughs> yeah. you know, to be productive members of society. <laughs> he said the teacher told detectives that children involved weren't known as troublemakers believe it or not she said uh you can't dismiss it because they're kids they may have thought this was like a cartoon we do whatever and then the teacher stands up and says she's okay it's a hard call yeah um but yeah i mean the the teacher said you know these kids aren't troublemakers they're pretty good kids right so she was as surprised as the uh i can just see the i can just see the teacher saying no billy we don't stab the teacher in the neck he must stop that (laughs) go take a time out gurgle gurgle as all the blood comes out of her aorta well you know what kind of bothers me about this is like so they you know, well, I guess these kids have plenty of time to mature into someone that would, an adult that would make a sick and wrong story. Yeah, right. So I, I to think. To do bigger uh, and better things. Yeah, I think like 15 years from now, maybe 10 years from now, <laughs> we'll probably be talking about one of these kids in it's, episode 544. It's definitely <laughs> premature to lock them up for life at this point. I mean, they could do something Dude, much these more kids are precocious. Yeah. I think they should be rewarded for right. this type of behavior. Yeah, little, believe little me. Miss Sun, little Miss Sunshine. I never would have been able to hatch a scheme like this. <laughs> So on the sick and wrong star scale, I'm just going to give them kudos. I'm going to give this four stars just because they're able to hatch a scheme like this at such a young age. See, I think you're going to discourage them with this four-star hedging shit. I'm giving them five stars just to encourage this behavior. But the scheme never took place. It never happened. I'm still I'm, – I'm not about I'm – I'm, I'm giving them a five for effort. Dude, do you think this even could have happened? I mean, let's say you're a substitute teacher and you're in Georgia and, like, eight third graders want to try to, like, tie you up and bash you in the head of the paperweight. Wouldn't you just, like, grab your ruler and just start bashing them? Like, how many. <laughs> if some kid comes at me with a paperweight with it held above his head like he's going to crush my skull, I'm not reaching for the ruler. You know what I'm reaching for? 
the fucking protractor <laughs> with that fucking needle on the end and it's going right in your goddamn eye and then your neck and then your chest. I mean, I guess this lady was a veteran educator. She's probably like, you know, I'm picturing someone who's probably like in her 50s or something, some old, you know, lady here. Yeah. So she probably so she couldn't fend off as many. She has, no, she has me, she's got experience. She's a veteran. She has moves. She knows she, how to wield that protractor. Dude, they probably don't have a protractor in the special education classroom. If they're smart, they don't. But they also shouldn't have paperweights, you know? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, the fact of the matter is, to me, it, since the incident didn't actually take place, I'm giving it four stars. Five for encouragement. We'll see what the uh, listening audience has to say about that. We encourage you to vote at uh, sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 117. Ring, 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 banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846. Ring, 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 banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. Wackily, we're nearing the end of the program here, and uh, as usual, we tend to get to listener email and phone calls. We received like five phone calls, but I'm only going to play the one by uh, Trucker Paul because he's my favorite caller. All right. And uh, the other ones are like 10 seconds and they make no sense. <laughs> Just so, gurgles and burbles. Yeah, but I mean, we always get people that call us when they're really drunk. And I think they think it's a good idea, but then they don't know what to say. So then they just kind of hang up. Write it out, dudes. Write it on a paper, then drunkenly read it. But Trucker Paul, he's high on speed. So he is coherent. He knows what to say. He has extra meth creativity. Exactly. So Trucker Paul, let's, let's play uh, this week's uh, Trucker Paul phone call here. Sick and wrong. This is I love his voice. Hey, Lance. Everything's cool. I love Neil Diamond. I'm glad that everything's cool with him. You don't want him on your bad side. No. Or you don't and, want to be uh, on his bad your, side. Your uh, impression of him was uh, uh, right dead on. Uh, you guys uh, want to hear about a uh, lot lizard story? Hell yeah. Yes. I mean, I got a lot of them, but the best one, I think, does at this rest area in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Well, we should define lot lizard first. So lot lizard are prostitutes that hang out at all the truck stops. So it's, right. it's truck stops where, like, you know, where there's a diner and a gas station and the trucks rest there overnight. Sometimes there's not even a diner and a gas station. Sometimes it's just the restroom on the so, side of the road. And it's also, we should point out, uh, a hotbed for homosexual activity. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine the, the the gays tend to have sex anywhere they not can. That, I'm not trying to pass a, a you know aspersion on Trucker Paul, and I think his story proves out that that's not. But the you way know what though, I can understand it with the gays because they go to like rest area bathrooms and stuff like that. So it makes sense that they're going to like you know truck stop rest areas and having sex. But so, I think but truck stop prostitutes. I think, I think the truck. I think in this in this sense, tr- a truck stop. A rest area applies. It could, a lot of lizards hang out at rest areas also. Yeah, but this must be the lowest tier of prostitutes. I guess it's above crack whore, but I mean... Yeah, it's above crack whore. <laughs> I mean, you're not like cruising around like some urban area and like finding the, the nearest one-armed crack whore. A lot but, of lizards aren't the uh, Elliot Spitzer grade of, 
stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely not like high class hookers. So, and and the fact that the, the fact that he's near Ann Arbor, Michigan, I think is important. And this, I like to call them flatsos. They have no boobs, but they're fat. <laughs> when she comes up to the door, it scared the hell out of me. I had my my lights on, you know, inside, and I was doing paperwork. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of okay just trucker paperwork okay what what paperwork do truckers do uh i did 17 hits of meth today <laughs> i got 407 left in the bottle the best place to go to for meth right here is i-94 exits 32b go find a guy named felipe and uh <laughs> That's like sloppy trucker fists. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Is that worse than sloppy civilian fifths? I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it just to me, it just seems like it's if you can actually see all the dudes that the girl had been with before you, <laughs> it just kind of makes it even that much more disgusting. There's two things I like about that story. Number one, flatso. New term I'll be using quite often. And I like the fact that it implies that if a girl is fat, if she has big jugs, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're fat and you don't have tits, what you're, you're useless just a waste flat, of so. flesh. <laughs> and the second thing was, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, he said no. And then she went to the next truck. And then he sort of was just looking over and watching them through the window, which apparently, you know, I think the truckers are sort of comfortable with like, yeah, this girl's blowing me. If you want to watch, that's cool, but it's not very polite. <laughs> well, what I don't understand is how big is that cabin in the truck? Yeah. I mean, maybe, do they have a bed back there? Yeah, like, maybe you're right. Maybe they go into Maybe he just watched them transact the deal and then they go into the back. Where yeah, the, but do they have like a bed back there? Like I a think cot so. or something? <laughs> Sometimes they have bunk beds. They have, <laughs> so wait, I mean, they have an actual beds that they can bring the girl back there, bed her down, she can get out the passenger side oh, of the next yeah. truck. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. A fridge, maybe a TV. So, you know, I wonder it's, if uh, there are dudes who just go out that aren't truckers, but they go out just to find the lot lizards. You mean like you're in your, you go to the truck stop, but really you're just in your Toyota Camry? Just to find the lot lizards. I don't think the lot lizards will come to your fucking shitty subcompact car. I'm just saying it's an interesting documentary. Lot lizard. Yeah. It's, it, we're giving out ideas here. I know. And and, and that, that my question still stands. Would you have to actually buy, you know, a big rig for to, to even attract the lizard? I don't know. Trucker Paul will answer that for me. Yeah. He, he probably will, will the lot lizard come up to my, you know, 
Kia Spectra. <laughs> I wonder if all the truckers, though, like, you know, the next morning or whatever, when they're eating at, like, 5 a.m. in that in the diner, if they're all like, yeah, I fucked that lot lizard over there, and I fucked that one, too. You think they trade stories? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they And then I think do. they're like, you know, my pee is burning. Is your pee burning? <laughs> and they're all like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Trucker uh-huh. Paul, for uh, calling that one in. And uh, yeah, we always we always want to hear from you. So call in every week, and we want to hear more lot lizard stories. Like if that's the best one, go to the second best, and we'll enjoy that one just as much. Probably we're gonna have to send him a T-shirt in the near future. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, next time email us with your uh, info, and we'll send you a T-shirt. We need like a PO box for him or something because you can't mail something to a truck. So uh, moving on to email here, we got a great email, which is actually an addendum to an email that we did previously. So you remember a few weeks ago we did that email where someone wrote in saying, highlighting all of Wackerly's like inadvertent homosexual responses here on the show. Do you remember that email? Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> well, this what, guy... What you, <laughs> just get, make, make the point. Well, the same guy wrote in again and said that we kind of missed the point of what he was trying to say. We talked about it at length. I don't know how we could have missed the point. Well, let me read this email. Jason writes in, Hey guys, I listened to uh, last week's podcast and realized that I didn't quite convey what I meant to with my email. Because of this, I took a random sample of a few previous podcasts and made an audio sample of a few key examples. I hope this better illustrates how great it is to hear Lance's occasional erroneous homoerotic comments. <laughs> Please to enjoy Jason. So let's play the clip right now so everyone can kind of hear it. Because I think it's hilarious. I am sure you do. Okay, play it. Well, you know where you can stick it. Like, <laughs> I'd lick a finger in the butt myself. Push it back in the outdoor. Take the hand and you, and you shove it back in. Another butthole. Not to mention the semen. Out, it's everywhere. It gets in my throat. Now, you just had your colon filled up, pinching your ass labia. Fine gay gentleman. Some of them were all right looking. They just kept coming to my hand and opening and then going in my throat. At San Francisco parties. I'm towards the bottom. I'm towards the bottom. I'm towards the bottom. I'm towards the bottom. I'm the bottom. Going in my throat. Going in my throat. Not to mention the semen. I guess I go better go back to my room and have sex with five or six of these nerds. Scissor kicking position with the guy. I wonder what a dolphin penis tastes like. Not to mention the semen. Vagina. Flat and weird looking and it's it's got that weird slit mouth. I'm, I couldn't fuck that. I'd be worried about like vagina dentata. <laughs> Whatever happened to good old fashioned naval buggery. Hey, I would fuck a dude bug. Fingering your fellow sailor. Finger in the butt. Finger in the butt. Finger in the butt. Fing, 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 finger in the butt. Not to mention the semen. Dude, you gotta admit that's pretty funny. <laughs> none of those, none of those comments were erroneous. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say they're they erroneous. See- I think he meant inadvertent. Like you inadvertently said that. I mean, innocently, you said that. I don't even think they were inadvertent. I mean, I was making a point, and it's been isolated and boiled down to some, you know, the next European techno hit, apparently. But you got to appreciate his craftsmanship. Well, yeah, I mean, he, the fact that he could take he, all these samples and put them together, you know. He is good with the Pro Tools or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> but you know what's funny about it? And I don't want to, like, you know, detract from how cool it is what we just heard. But the fact of the matter is, it's completely taken out of context. I mean, you could take any quote that we said here on this show and in previous podcasts, and, you know, you could say that we're like an Aryan podcast, or, you know, we're like a a pro-Tibet podcast. I mean, you could say whatever (laughs) the fuck you want. I mean, basically all he was doing is, it's editing. 
is yeah. what that was. Yeah. Here's my problem with it. You know, like two years ago or something, we started this podcast, and and you came to me. It's embarrassing said, when you mention that. <laughs> you, you came to me and said, "I want to do a podcast about like you know the disgusting shit that we talk about, anyways, on a daily basis." And I thought, you know what, that would be funny because perhaps we could make fun of you know babies being thrown off bridges and and people getting like you know run over by by tanks and or whatever the hell we talk about and people would write fetuses right fetuses and people would write in and get all pissed off and say like how dare you make fun of this and then we could sort of argue with them but now you know what happens we do you know like i said two years 117 hours of podcasting and somebody writes in and says you know what you're gay (laughs) (laughs) you're so gay when you talk you sound gay. <laughs> You're just gay. Everything kinda, you say is gay. I think I, think I kind of got, I got immunity <laughs> to that in junior high. But anyway, that's fine. If that's the best you guys have is to say that I sound well, gay. You know what cracks me up, fine. though, is receiving emails like this, the fact that this guy took so much time, Jason took so much time to prepare this uh, audio clip here, leads me to believe that there's this, like, secret, like, cabal of gay men that every week you know they get together so they can listen to sick and wrong and circle jerk and be like oh my god what lance just said was so gay (laughs) he just said the gayest thing i've ever heard that that was just gay he was talking about dolphin semen yeah yeah but i mean it's like gay men have this like filtered sense of what gay is it's like everything has to be gay they interpret everything as being gay right filtered bias filtered it's not filtered yeah or both it's gay filtered right they don't hear the other stuff so they have a heightened sense that everything is has homosexual tendencies but in reality, what what uh, Jason made was a piece of art, and what I want to propose true. And, and now, when you say it like that, I I, I feel bad for poo pooing it. But what I want to propose, which is, is a kind of a gay thing to contest, <laughs> dude. That was so gay. <laughs> you are so gay. I never poo poo anything. You're gay. You know how I know you're gay? It's because you use the term poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to propose a remix contest here on the show, a mashup contest. Take that clip. And uh, remix it. Put it under with a music bed on underneath it, or do whatever you want with it. But let's like have a remix mashup contest with Wackerly's gay comments. So here okay, on the show. Wait, when you suggested this earlier to me, I thought you you're saying they have to use Jason's material and put some music to it. I thought you were saying they could go back to any of the previous audio. No, they, they, they have liberty to do that too. I'm just saying it's a lot easier just to take what was already prepared. Okay, you're right. You're right. But the, the, the end result should be some type of a danceable techno Dude, sick and wrong. I'm mix. going to use a, like a Madonna music bed or maybe right. Said Wait, Fred, you're going to enter. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm in this contest. Well, You can't win though. Dude, You're we'll, disqualified. we'll post the best. We'll post the best clips or the best little uh, remixes on the website. The audience can vote, and uh, the winner will uh, receive a sick and wrong prize, better than our sick and wrong care package. We'll send you something cool. So uh, <laughs> instead of five stickers, I'm going to post six. it on the forum. The uh, clip of uh, Wackerly's gay comments, and uh, you can enter in the remix contest. Fantastic! It sounds great to me. Well, we received an email here from uh, Wervo, who says. Can we get some back and front logos, you cheap gits? I want people to see it from every angle. No one should be safe from the sick and wrong universe. 
So I think he took a look at the Cafe Press store, the new Sick and Wrong store at Cafe Press. Okay. And he's dissatisfied with the current Sick and Wrong shirts. And so what he wants is a, a shirt with a back and front logo. Something you know on, what, dude? on the front and the back. You can't call us cheap for not creating those because it doesn't cost us any money. No. It's, we were able to create whatever Cafe Press has to offer. You know, admittedly, I only spent about maybe 20 minutes designing all those things and making that store. You so, just didn't recognize the demand for all over sick and wrong coverage. Yeah, I, who wears a t-shirt with something printed on the back? I never do. Back in the 80s, you know, they had those Vision streetwear shirts. They if had you sold on one of those now, you'd probably make a $2, pretty penny. $2,000 if I so, saved one of those sweat-encrusted shirts So you know what, Wervo? I'm going to go back and I'll revise one of the uh, sick and wrong shirts and we'll have our sick and wrong logo emblazoned on the back so everyone can see how cool you are for listening to this fine, fine podcast. He better fucking buy one. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Cafepress.com slash sick and wrong. Finally, people, if you haven't, go check out the sick and wrong form. You can link to it right off the main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. A couple um, new uh, topics of note. Have you seen the pic in the pictures category of the armpit licking? No. There's a whole like YouTube, I don't know, it's like a whole fetish group that are dedicated to licking girls' armpits. Really? Which I don't find all that disgusting. No, I mean, but odd. Why would you do it? Well, I if it's I hairy, I, if it's I like don't... buckwheat in a headlock, I'm not going to lick that. But if it's like a girl's shaved armpit, I don't care. I'll stick my dick I, in it. I'll I lick it. I find it neither disgusting nor arousing. It's kind of like, why are you doing that? Yeah, it's interesting, but that that's just one of the, uh, the the categories there in the picture section. Also, someone else posted clips from his favorite movie called Sperm Cookie and a Toothbrush. <laughs> I, that, I, that I find arousing. <laughs> I, just, I don't even want to go into it, so go check out the Sick and Wrong forum and you can find out about it. And also, uh, Wackily, I don't know when's the last time you were logged into the forum, but... Quite a while ago. There's been some postings. Wackman, wherefore art thou? I've been busy at work, but it, it's it's winding down. It's long overdue for a couple it's comments It's winding down. Me. I'll be on there within the next couple days. And I want to thank all the people for uh, voting for us on Podcast Alley. We were in like the top 10 for like a week. Really? So that was kind of cool. And if you haven't already, go leave us some comments on iTunes or subscribe to the show. We have like, I don't know, like 26 votes or 26 comments. It's respectable. Yeah, we look pretty cool. And uh, finally, here we got an email from Martha. She sent in the Sick or Wrong Song of the Week. She says, you guys should end the show with the plasmatics. Wendy O. Williams is probably the most sick and wrong woman to have ever lived. Today's the anniversary of her death. And she includes um, some information here. I guess Wendy O. Williams died April 7th, 1998. She was the former porn star and singer of the plasmatics. She killed herself with a shotgun right outside her Connecticut home. And, Any woman uh, who would fuck Lemmy is okay by me. That's what I'm about to say. It's like, Martha, if you think this is the first time you've ever heard of the plasmatics, I was listening to plasmatics when you were in your nappies. No, I, I think she's giving the history for the benefit of the listeners, not for us. Yeah, I think so. But no, that woman is, seriously, she's the female form of Lemmy Kilmister from Motorhead. She's probably the <laughs> toughest chick to have ever lived. She so, she was able to take on Lemmy's dick and survive, at least for a little while before she blew her Dude, she used to, like, play on stage and, like, take a chainsaw and just, like, destroy cars. Yeah, they used to blow up a full-size bus on stage. But apparently she wasn't a very, um, I don't know, 
contend individual. She did actually take a shotgun and blow her own head off, but that's the best way to commit suicide. You got to give her props for that. Yeah. So we're going to end good. the show with uh, some Wendy O. Williams, actually some plasmatics, uh, because it's only fitting. And uh, you know what? I'll do a, a cheers to Wendy on her death here. Cheers. Cheers. People, stay tuned next week. We'll be back with episode 118. Uh, until then, take a sleazy.